Yeah, I think um, I and think when they this do that, a classic. This one's fucking chicken Absolutely. noodle soup for the soul. Uh, what we're talking about obviously is Phantasm. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, 1979 classic. Only thing is, um, thing I had me concerned is I watched the remastered edition as fucking bad robot. So that man's fucking George R. Abrams was involved, but thankfully no lens flare, mm-hmm. so we didn't add in loads of lens flare and fuck it up. So. Nope. Only thing they did was just upgraded an original negative to 4K, and yeah, good to go. It was actually pretty fucking sweet. Like the first time I actually saw the remastered edition was in a theater with Don Coscarelli. Like that shit was nice. fucking cool. Yeah, he's and he is a very very nice guy. Like you just kind of want to hug him when you see him. He looks like he's a good hugger. This um this is one of those movies that has always been with us, and the pop culture reference mm-hmm. has always been with us. But we don't see them unless you bought mm-hmm. the DVDs. You don't get to see it that often. Like it's one of those ones that's been tucked away, and you have to go looking for it to actually watch. So the casual viewer yeah It'll... may not have seen this movie. It's quite possible that mm-hmm. you have went through the 80s and 90s as a just a casual moviegoer or film buff without being a horror fan and not have seen this movie just for some reason mm-hmm. they've managed to keep it tucked away I, I don't know why that was because it doesn't really show on network TV uh, throughout the time uh, you don't get it only recently mm-hmm. do we get it in Shudder and they just got the whole lot which I thought yeah. was the purpose of Shudder well, that's funny because it's not even the whole lot because it three's is. not on there. I when did they get three? Yeah, because I binged the whole lot. Once they dropped, they dropped I all they'll... four of them. Or all five of them. Not uh, oh, stateside. Uh, oh, that's side of the pond. So, me, 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 me. Three's the yeah, fucking so... trippy one. Cause, yeah, because it's um... like different licenses. So, basically, when we got it stateside on Shutter, there was the whole Joe Bob marathon. And they just kept making jokes about how three wasn't in there. I think there was. Um, yeah, I think it was three. Over here, they have dropped three, but I think it was like they dropped all the rest in first, and then it's a week or two later, three popped mm. in. But gotcha. we have all of them. I mean, I don't care. I fucking own all of them, anyways, on Blu ray, so yeah, it doesn't matter it's... to me. Although I was late and I didn't dig it out the last night. The point is that January, as a normal, like a. Milk toast uh, movie gore. Unless you go looking for this movie, you're not going to see it. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. yeah. No, this shit was super, super independent because you know it was pretty much financed and released by Coscarelli himself. It cost three hundred grand to make, and it made twenty two million at the box office. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. Like when you think uh, of um, mega companies just flushing money down the toilet at the moment. And taking losses over stupidity, and this like three hundred grand, still back in the seventies, not an amount to be sniffed at, but for making a full blown movie, and then for the return to go, yeah. and plus that was just the box office. The fact that it's become mm-hmm. a cult classic and sales of Blu-rays and everything else since, you know, and just the pop culture reference. This is this is one of those ones that's been a pop culture reference for decades. And I think a lot of people oh, yeah. actually refer to it without actually seeing the movie. It's possible. It's entirely possible. That happens. It's just that made that much of an mm-hmm. impact, which is cool. 
You know what I mean? It kind of shows the power of this movie. The plot isn't mm-hmm. that complicated. The plot... So I, I actually mm-hmm. wrote this down last night because I think my wife summed it up real well. She said it's like trying to understand Bjork. Well, it's like, yes, that's what Phantasm is. It's like trying to understand Bjork. Because, <laughs> yeah, she uses the same beats and stuff, but the stuff she comes off with. So the actual plot itself, the linear... Oh, I'm just saying like how yeah, fucking ass The linear movement of the movie is. isn't really... It, does, it moves between like two locations. The house, the mausoleum, and the stretcher road. And the bar. There's about four locations mm-hmm. in the entire movie. That's all the plot yeah. moves between. But the amount of shit, concepts and stuff to try to cram into this is just unreal. And you can see it kind of tugging at you. This this little idea, that idea. So, mm-hmm. what happens in it? You start off. Um, the central character pulls everybody together. Tommy's in the graveyard. He's getting his end away with the woman in velvet or what? Velvet or. Lilac. Lavender is the Lavender. Lavender, the, the jazz's term, but mm-hmm. fuck, she looks like a, a robot as well. It turns out. I mean, that was like one of the most underwhelming sex scenes ever. Like, both of them were like, yeah, this is so good. It's like, I don't think they've yeah, ever had sex. Yeah, you'd have before. to be, because that's <laughs> like, uncom- looks uncomfortable, feels uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Just the. I like my comfort. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, just weird. But yeah, she's like <laughs> not even like convincing. And it turned out she's like a metamorphosis of the tall man. She stabs him, which once again doesn't make any sense. They work in a fucking graveyard, and the whole premise of the movie is they need the bodies. They don't mm. need to kill people. And they're fucking shipping stuff in. In fact, the only way this could have been better set up was if they worked in a morgue. Do you know what I mean? Because the they've got the they've got the product coming in. I mean, it, dead yeah. body's so, dead body. You know, I just mean more frequency because obviously, crematorium. You people choose a crematorium to go to where a morgue takes everybody from this, you know for everything. So the only way you would get more bodies True. coming in would be to work in a mortuary as opposed to a crematorium or a funeral home, whatever he's called over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only way like to have repeat business. So. Why? Why is out stabbing people? Don't know. Just for. Well, and it's funny too because it's, it somehow him getting stabbed by somebody is labeled a suicide. With a dagger. Like that's like a, what it went a, down. A as. dagger. Like. Yeah. That they did have forensics in the nineteen yeah. seventies, nearly. So. Even be, even most basic pathologists be able to go. That's a fucking eight inch blade, fucking right in there. What. That's not a suicide. Weird, but mm. uh, there you go. That that, that was about just but weird. Also, it's a small town, so everyone would notice the hot girl that randomly turns up, and then people disappearing. Yeah, mm. to be looked for in question. It just doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. But that leads us on to how everybody comes together. Tom, uh, Tommy's funeral. Then we start seeing the Jody comes back from out of town. Obviously, we've got a time spot. Jody comes around mm-hmm. the time. Mike's brother are the two main characters in this. We see Reggie. You know, everyone's together. Mike is a creepy kid. 
there's yeah. no if buts or maybe about it. He's actually creepier than the tall man, the way he gets on. Like there's something mm-hmm. not right there. Also, these are quite strict about things in America, but no way do you go through a graveyard on a fucking scrambler bike. You would get humped. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you'd be done for fucking desecration of graves. You'd be done for everything. You, you turn around a graveyard and mm-hmm. bike like that, you're getting you're getting everything thrown at you. There's no way. Oh yeah. And he doesn't go to a funeral, but he, he fucking rides about in a bike in a graveyard, and nobody, yeah. Weird how to set this up, but yeah, funeral takes place. Graves are Mike comes along, brings fucking huge arse binoculars with him because that's what you do <laughs> as you're riding about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else are you supposed to spy on people without binoculars? Yeah, uh, like I said, he's creeper and the rest. But then that's where we see the... I think one of the most iconic scenes is... Oh, yeah. Fucking Angus Grimm picking that shit up and just yeah, throwing and the it way the back he does it, um, His whole... He looks awkward in his own body and... I think his look, mm. the clothes, the way he moves, is just brilliant for this character. Just hoof. Mm-hmm. Like, he scared the shit out of me. I wouldn't tackle that bloke. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's what you see. And then that's. Mike shits himself. Start, but because he's a creepy kid, he tries to go back to uh, Jody to tell him. Jody's like, Would you get away from me, you wee nerd? And then he's that uh, he's that loose that he's going to palm him off the amount or something. Yeah. But then the question is, what's he been doing? Because um, her parents were long dead. He's been away, so who's mm-hmm. been looking after Mike? They didn't really go into that. Just just Mike. I mean, he's got a house. He's got a fucking mantle place full of guns. Like, what else does a kid need? Partly, yeah. Uh, God, life's a, I love the way these movies paint life out to be simple. And I love the way they always have people with money problems living in huge houses. Like loads of shit. And mm-hmm. two cars, three cars at the door. But we've got money problems. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The start of this, until the pace picks up in the movie, it's a bit strange. Because it's all about Mike and Jody. And Mike falling around like a creepy kid and running after him like somebody demented. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? Um, then, obviously, Jody doesn't believe Mike. Mike decides to go back and get evidence. So, of course, what do you do? You go to the Muslim at night time. Because I mean, that works the most out best for anybody in any horror movie ever. That's, that's always the way yeah. to go. But it was uh, funny, so obviously he's trespassing, the caretaker tries to grab him. Which is another thing, how much of a... It's either brilliance or stupidity about the tall man. He's been there, how much of a shit he doesn't give about people. But this is where we get the introduction of the spears. Mm. The spears and that. Obviously, I think she was going after Mike, but then kills the janitor. Yeah. And once again, we talked yeah, about this so in Suspiria. This is where the 4K upgrade maybe does a bit of a disservice to these movies. I mean, just a little bit. The piss is really crisp. That, like, was, that, that, was, that was actually a really but good the actual, But the yeah. red paint... But you definitely you see all the fucking latex coming off and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah. 
Um, it's okay transposing uh, these things to 4K, but I think you need to kind of go over it and maybe put in a filter at certain points. Because nah, so. the whole dog scene, like the original mist and the graininess covered that up. But then when they digitize it, it brings it all out, like you know, space effects. So I think I think I need to maybe figure out just fine tweak. Mm. It doesn't really need much work, but just a weep over scenes of gap. I think I need to put a bit of a filter over. So that's why they do all the dark colors now. That's why everything's got that monotone hue. Is because working with color is really mm. difficult in movies. So by dulling everything down, uh, they don't have to spend as much on the effects. So maybe mm-hmm. during that scene, slightly hue it a bit, so you don't see the red paint like spitting out of the fucking tube. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> it I was love funny. That shit, I have to admit, the really bad. But in the original, yeah. it's it looked better because it was grainy or not. It was all hidden. But yeah, him lying and the piss coming out—that was. Um, that was clever. That was just adding a little bit of mm. effect that you didn't need. You know what I mean? Could have got away with it. Every other movie body just drops, but they just added the whole horror of us. Um, mm-hmm. The chase scenes are hilarious. Like, Mike run away from the tall man because mm-hmm. I, I haven't really thought about it until recently but trying to do a chase scene in camera must be really really difficult like mm-hmm. you've yeah trying, trying to hold that focus, that focus and shit. a short space you want to catch the whole atmosphere so to do mm-hmm. that has you know isn't easy and plus they didn't have the frame rates that we do now I mean was that 8 millimeter or 35 so I was shot in, you know what I mean, shot in film. Uh, I'm not sure what they filmed on. Probably I don't think not. it says, actually. But you know what I mean, it was done in film. You're limited. Mm-hmm. So the way they managed to get the atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, Angus Grimm's just brilliant. That's like the tall man and just... And I think the way they have got it that he's not in his own skin, that's that's the effect they had with us. And it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. he is just awkward that's why because in reality he should have been able to just catch him straight away but you know this guy isn't built for speed strength not speed oh yeah well and I mean speaking from experience running in hills like that not the most easy <laughs> Plus, thing to do they even extended <laughs> those hills like he uh-huh. he was six foot you know he's a tall character anyway tall person anyway but they even put him in extended mm-hmm. hills just to give him that more gravitas. Mm-hmm. So really, really well done. The you know, I mean, this is a character that really pulled off. It's just a shame. Um, mm-hmm. I think this movie was underrated, and I think it's had a cult following. But I think it should have got more of a mainstream following than it did. And I think it's, I think it's one that's just sat yeah, in the edges throughout the time. And really, people should get into this and appreciate it. Um. Mm-hmm. So having chasing Mike, he slams the door, cuts off a finger, and then I start seeing these dwarf creatures as well in the hoods, like fucking rabbit jabas or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets back to the back of the house, and it's only when he shows a finger still fucking moving about and stuff. 
and Joe Lee finally uh, comes on board. That was actually quite cool the way he switches from you're nuts to oh shit, right? We've got to do something. Yeah, it's like immediately like, oh yeah, no, I believe you now. Yeah, this okay, right. Crazy. That's and then for no reason it turns into a fly or Dogs. a giant fly with teeth. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> what was the point? This is where they kind of messed up. The throw. That's where all these elements are thrown in, and I don't think they quite decided what the tall man was. I think that was the problem. No, it was pretty clear he's a interdimensional shape shifting time traveling demon or yeah, something okay. that's <laughs> yeah i mean i thought it was well, pretty it obvious. could have been a necromancer <laughs> um it wasn't until later on that the whole dimension shifting thing came into it you know what i mean this was start this starts off this is a pure no, that was... until we see the spheres this is a pure horror necromantic demonic movie then mm. when the sphere appears then it goes into sci-fi realm but the whole shape yeah. shift in the yellow blood, um, that's when it's something else. Do you know what I mean? You know that this guy, is not, he's not human, but there's something not there. Mm-hmm. But the shape shift on their bug and then terrorizing them. Like, I don't think it even had stinger or anything. You know, if it had a stinger or something, I could understand, but it was just a fly. No, it had some you know, giant gnarly like, teeth. Fuck. That's how it But then this is how we get Reggie invested, you know, brought him brought in. Because mm-hmm. they thought they got it down the waste disposal and then it jumps up again and they're like, oh shit, okay. Right. We're all going to the cemetery. We're all going to the cemetery. <laughs> going to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to get Mike shift off and then bring these other two uh, characters in. Sort of standby. Was that in the. I was like in a cult bookshop, wasn't it? I went to. Um, it was type. like a, uh, uh, almost like a thrift store, antique store type thing. Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting distraction, but that's a, you know, I mean, they try to get Meg deposited off safely. The mm-hmm. discover Tommy's body, he's one of the creatures, then they realize what's going on. The dots get connected. They go to try to get... Well, and even before then, like, the, the catalyst to go, like, and, and uh, inevitably find Tommy's body was... Um, Mike's running through the the curiosity place, comes across a picture of the tall man, but as like an old school hearse oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. driver, uh, taker uh, or, or whatever. To, oh. Earlier than that, I'd imagine. But yeah, like that's that's when he's like, "Fuck, we gotta get out of here!" And then that's when they come across Tommy. Well, Tommy's truck. Yeah, sorry, I got a, got a, gets a wee bit convoluted between this part and them going to actually deal with because mm. there was a there was a stick in Tommy's body in the ice cream thing, and then trying to take him away because they go mm. back and forth to the house and stuff and like there's a bit of jiggery pokery goes on. Mm. It's a bit of thought I had a bit of trouble. I've watched this quite a few times and still have a bit of trouble getting my head around the timeline events of this section because mm-hmm. the hearse comes after the girls. With uh, Mike, they come after Reggie. What was the Jody of this? He doesn't he go straight to the... Jody's at home just hallucinating. Yeah, it gets a bit, you know, what I mean, it gets a bit much. This sort of section mm-hmm. until they all end up at the mausoleum again. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. they've got uh, more of the demon dwarf things, and fuck, they're they're attacking cars. The hearse driving by itself, fucking you know, uh, just just goes like bonkers for a minute. <laughs> Then we, mm-hmm. then we kind of get all the characters together. Then they start to try and find out what's going on. Uh, that's where we discover the room with all these barrels. Mm-hmm. The portal, which is just like, fuck is this? So it goes from demonic horror to pure sci-fi. And those, yeah. I like one of those actually. Um, I like miniature versions of those with a wee light-up thing. I think having a wee rack of those, thought about, they look really cool. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about back when they did that, that was a really cool effect. I was impressed mm-hmm. with those. Um, yeah, Mike opens the portals, has a look through, sees this fucking wasteland. It looks like Mars, you know. I, mean? I was getting kind of Mars vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's where we re- realize that Tallman isn't quite. He's not a demon. He's an alien. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that's where it just starts. That's where this franchise, um, I think, is just has so much going on. It's hard to keep wrap our head around, especially as the sequels mm-hmm. delve into more of the different aspects. It just goes like it's trippy. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's seventies mm-hmm. trippy horror type stuff. But yeah, um, what point do we get on? Yep, counter Tomman, spheres again. Um, Once again, it just goes. Uh, trying to think what happens next. Do they try and blow the place up or something? Yeah, and they they end up getting out of there, and then they meet up on oh, a cliff. Oh, that's set the trap. Yeah, <laughs> but when they go there, yeah. um, the tall man appears as a girl lavender again, stops Reggie, because mm. why does he need to shift it to her? You know, what I mean? he could have just done it himself. Because he was able to sneak right up mm. on her, so didn't make sense. I think he just needed to, uh, obviously, want to give an actress another shot, <laughs> give her another couple of scenes. Mm. Well, and it was an easy way to get Reggie to trust oh, well, him and a, inevitably get murdered ball. by him. Or like, try. Small brain thanks oh. for Reggie, but we'll discover that quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The. What I don't get is when Reggie activates the portal, because when Mike did it, he just fell through. And then Miles escape, he's mm. all, the, all the bodies are being used as like slave labor, and like this guy's building an army or something with these, using human beings to. And we never quite figured out that he, does he insert another personality? Does he just shrink him down and make him automatons? Not quite. Didn't quite get that mm-hmm. explanation with it, but he's doing something with the bodies, he's making something else out of them, and they're his minions. When Mike mm-hmm. opens the portal and goes through, that's fine. But when Reggie then opens the portal, everything starts getting... Well, it's it's different because they're not... So Mike didn't open the portal. The portal was already open. Um, because, I mean, it, essentially it's working like a tuning fork, which that's why Reggie had one at the very beginning of the film. Um, so he just falls through it because of the vibration of the tuning fork. And what Reggie ends up doing is he's trying to silence the tuning fork to find out, you know, 
what the fuck does this do? And then that's when the chaos ensues. Like it's almost like trying to rupture the portal and then it reacting negatively. So that's when the wind and all that shit happens. Yeah, so, like I said, this is one of, I have trouble wrapping my head around certain parts of it. <laughs> I'll not lie. And I'm not pretending to be all known. Like, mm. I couldn't quite figure out, like, what's the difference? And why all of a sudden did it go? And I know it's not just a plot device because there's a lot of ideas and concepts in this movie. So unlike the last one we're mm-hmm. talking about, which just seemed to be a lot of filler, this one isn't. This is a mm. really massive, massive, massive idea crammed into a movie. Yeah. And that's why the franchise goes in so many different directions because there's so many different ideas which I think might be its detriment mm-hmm. in a sense because there is a lot to take in if they had maybe stripped it down a bit I think the whole sequels would have flowed better but because it's so much going on they're trying to give each idea it's a bit of space it is a tricky movie to follow mm. doesn't mean it's not fun because I love this movie I will yeah, no, this is something I watch at oh, least two or three like, times you know, a year. You, you watch this again in school and really enjoy it. And even even just to switch your brain off and not think about it, it's a good movie to watch. To think mm. about the certain elements, it's a good movie to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a classic. Yeah. There's no <laughs> if, buts, or maybes about it. Mm. The only thing that takes me out, so... <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh... Jody then goes to try and yeah, because they go to the they go to the museum, they come back from the museum to the house, then they go to the museum again. This is where it's is that what happened? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're at back one and point, forward. Yeah. It's not like that's for this thing is also it's not just a linear. They go from one location and the museum's the end of. Mm-hmm. end the level body so to speak because they go there they escape they come back they go to go back again to actually finish them off um, I'm trying well to think. at this point this is when they're setting the trap for him like after Reggie's been stabbed and Jody and Mike have gotten out of the mausoleum they're you know trying to set up a trap to kill oh yeah the with the mines um yeah, it was just a wee bit of, like I said, a bit of back and forth. They go back to the, they go twice to the, like, end of, supposedly the end of level, but, you know, the place where the plot all takes place. Then that's when the, mm. oh shit, right, we've got to try and catch this dude. And then they go to the mines, set up the cover, and, you know, basically, it becomes a predator. <laughs> the man was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically becomes a fucking predator where Artie's run away from the you know the first movie, <laughs> setting all the traps. Mm-hmm. I have to admit though, um, those polystyrene rocks are hilarious. Oh, they're totally believable. Okay, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> well, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> Once again, this is the 4K upgrade where it kind of removes. The, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to refine this process. Oh, yeah. They need to scan over it. What I'm saying is. We don't want the, the movies changed. What they're doing is they're digitizing so that because obviously film degrades and there's been so many movies lost over centuries now of movie making. It makes sense to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. where the original f- film, physical medium film, hit the effects, 
the 4Ks bringing it right out into your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best example is uh, Flash Gordon. That is difficult, difficult to watch. watch. Anyway. I mean, that's true. It's very difficult to watch go, to begin Flash, with, go. but it's go, even Flash, worse. Go. Go. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, but Thanks, the, the argument Thanks to something like that, that is like, you know, what happens if, like, we all have a problem with George Lucas doing that shit. I mean, granted, he went real heavy-handed on upgrading shit, but it's like, where's the line that it's acceptable and it's not? But that's acceptable? art, you know what I mean? Um, all I'm saying is, you need to, you need someone to take a screen across and go, okay, this seems problematic, and I think filters can help. I think having a filter just to tone it down a bit during those type of scenes will help. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be. A, it doesn't have to be in your face. Yeah, the problem with George Lucas is he he shot his load. He shot his creative load mm-hmm. after Return of the Jedi, let's be honest. And he just spent his time fucking about, going over the same shit over and over again and not coming up with anything new. And that's what his downfall mm-hmm. and was with the prequels. Like, the fucking, I felt yeah. like, I'm sorry, but at the end of Return of the Sith, I felt flat. I wasn't excited for the next, you know, I was just like, fucking, you know, he, he ran out of ideas and then his own hubris, the people he had helping him out at the start, he didn't need ever, he's doing it all himself, he's a big fucking swinging ding-a-ling and that's where these things go wrong. All I'm saying with these type of movies is when you're doing the 4K upgrade is maybe have a scan over it at the end. And a, a few simple tweaks. Don't change it. Just tone it down a bit, where it's been brought mm-hmm. up too much. Job's done. Especially when you're using mm-hmm. old special effects, because it does age. And that's where back the way I started this episode. I was talking about Stephen King, um, Salem's Lot. That's a film that can do with a remake mm-hmm. because those effects age really badly. Cujo, the effects age really badly. Uh, what else? Christine's still a good movie. That holds Christ- up. Yeah, Christine holds up so well. It's it's timeless. Um, next to the Green Mile, you know, I know it was a more recent one, but that holds up. That's a timeless mm-hmm. one. The Shining holds up. Yeah. But, yeah, but I would argue that's not even really Stephen King. Like, that's just a yeah. straight-up Kubrick film. Like, the Stephen King Shining... That doesn't oh, the series, yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a he's an odd one. Um, the things he gets upset about, <laughs> and then the things he thinks, like he got upset about Lawnmower Man, like the point where do not put my. Oh, fucking why wouldn't this, you be upset? Where he made a fucking fantastic movie out of a shit twenty-page story. Was it even twenty pages? No, it was uh-huh. a fourteen-page story. I don't even fucking, think it was you know that mean, long. A tiny story that you couldn't... It would have been a creep show episode. But it wasn't even a good... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good story. Where I can't remember the director's mm-hmm. name, but he made it into a much better epic. Now, the sequel, we'll not talk about that. Because that was... Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, I Never still haven't sad. seen the whole thing. That's my thing. I got past the... Two, when he goes into the... like It was almost like Tron, where he gets fucking brought into the land. And I just mm-hmm. can't get past... Like, I can't watch a movie the whole way through, and I've 
got it. It's all over streaming. You can watch it if you want, but fuck, I can't. <laughs> it's I can't get past a certain point, past the subway scene, because it's just it's a painful movie to watch. But the original one with Pierce Brosnan, that that was great, and great concepts for the time, and we're still messing with VR now, so that still holds up today. But mm-hmm. Stephen King got really upset about that movie because it wasn't true to his like shitty ten page story that was actually pretty awful. Which you you read it, haven't you? Yeah, it's a fucking man yeah. takes his clothes off and eats fucking grass, pretends to be a goat. And because the guy sees it, he gets killed. Fuck off. <laughs> Just fucking weird. Yeah. But yeah, the back to this movie, um yeah, they kept that point that she uh Tom Man chases him, fucking falls into the trap, the fucking ball staring. <laughs> I just love them. I, I think it's great, <laughs> and the the sound effects that don't fit in with the rolling and the way it just fits perfectly into mm-hmm. the thing. Um, just funny. Uh, loved it. Oh yeah. This is the bit that takes me out of the franchise, and I think this is the the idea of the concept they should have left out. At the end, um, Reggie and uh, Mike are sitting together. And Mike just tells them it was all a dream. That, mm-hmm. to me, because we have seen enough as an audience, because if you're going to do bended reality, you have to keep the audience guessing. But we have seen the tall man mm-hmm. operate. We have seen everything going on. So we know it's actually happening. So to bring that in yeah. at the end didn't help. I don't think it really added anything. They should have just went with, yeah, thank goodness, at least we can move on with our lives. But I don't know why they killed Judy mm-hmm. randomly. That you know, yeah. I know it becomes a setup for the sequels. The whole interaction between the two of them, but they should have just killed. If they're going to kill Judy, mm-hmm. they should have just killed Judy. This making it that he died in a car accident, and this never happened, and your thing just fucking you know. I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. It's, it's the only part of the movie I don't yeah. enjoy. And it's the only trope that they carry on with the sequels, which I think ruined the franchise. It's something that could have been left out. Well, it's one of those things that, like, even in um, most film schools, they'll tell you, like, don't ever fucking do that shit where it was all a dream. Because that makes the entire fucking movie yeah. pointless. Now, back to Star Wars. If they do that with the sequel trilogy, please do. Luke Skywalker wakes up and goes, oh, what no, a horrible I... dream. Oh, right, and then fucking get back to basics. That would that, be okay in that respect. Please do that. I Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> but I could. in this case, no. Um, it didn't work. It was just... Um, it just took out of the whole thing because it didn't make sense. We as the audience know that this is happening. We as the audience have been there and the other scenes with the tall man and what the shit he's up to especially the girl and Lavender stuff, we know it's not a dream, so to do that with a character didn't make sense. But the ending scene, like, we'll have to, this has to be a classic of horror movies. Like, best scene ever. Where Mike goes up to the bedroom and I love murder scenes. Murder scenes are the best (laughs) when done right. Mm. And just at the end, he's just, uh, Turned around, sees the tall man in the reflection. It's just like, 
boy. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And, and actually, they could have left the movie there and not made any sequels. And that... This movie, like, it is... Like, we're still talking about it fucking 30-odd years later. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my only complaint is that that scene where they made it all dream just was weird. It didn't fit in. And then yeah. they tried to play with the concept throughout the sequels. Especially in the third one. The third one, they really played a hard nap. Was it all a dream or was it real? And it, it was a direction that had more than enough material to play with to do about 20 movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many ideas and concepts in this. There's 20 movies worth of material to mess around with. They didn't need to bring that element into it. Yeah, I was even coughing. And... <laughs> Sorry, folks, we're sick. Yeah, we're, I love it. We're sneezing and coughing and blurting <laughs> and blah. Because <laughs> that's how professional we are. Yeah. But all in all, this is a classic. I, I love this movie. And mm. apart from Ravager, even the franchise, like the, the direct sequel to this, part two, brilliant. Um, the way they did that there. Uh, the third one is where it starts getting really trippy and bringing in the heavy trope with the distorted reality, which I think kind of ruined it. Um, fourth one, can't remember the fourth one. What was it mean? Yeah, I don't remember the fourth one. I need to watch it again. Um, you can check them out in Shutter anyway, folks. If they're older, I think I think it's another. I think maybe next week it'll be another binge session. Just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get stuck in yeah but all in all let's, uh, happy I watched this again happy I did it for the show mm. any final thoughts if you haven't seen it you're fucking stupid that's yeah that, that's uh, that's a fair one like out. I said this has been on the fringes <laughs> you know what I mean it's always been on the fringes of pop culture reference you could always buy the things but I don't think I, you know what I mean more people need to see this movie and actually need to explore this franchise mm-hmm. because I mean so much of Coscarelli's filmography is like that though like a lot of shit has been slept on like Bubba Hotep that one is one of his greats and I talk to people that don't know about it it's like what the fuck is wrong with you that one's great yeah it's a it's a shame um well hopefully Rekafet <laughs> We'll start getting the word out there and get hmm. get people on board. But yeah, um, I suppose I'll just wrap up just by saying thanks. Uh, obviously, bit of a late start this month, just with holidays and word falling apart and mm. shit going on with work and stuff. But um, thanks very much to our authors, Steve Thompson and Alison Armstrong, who submitted material uh, for January. Uh, two great stories. Glad to have you on board. Um, Steve, obviously, returning officer. He's a uh, He's given us a few uh, items now. So, uh, always good to see uh, people getting involved. Uh, if you want to get involved, mm-hmm. get in touch with the uh, Go to our website or our social media page. We've got all the links there uh, how to get involved in the show. We'll put them all in the show notes as well. Um, always uh, happy to have more artists on, more returning artists to Heart of Tales. We'll be back at the end of yeah, next absolutely. month. And I think we're already, I think we're going to do Nightmare Alley. And I'm sure we'll find one or two more things to talk about without a doubt um, Haunted Grove will appear at some stage I think during the month yeah it's going to be point. a random ad hoc thing and 
a letter by Adam on his own doing something or a combination of the three of us or all three of us it'll be just random shit that appears we'll throw out there um, it won't just be movies it'll be games books we'll, we'll do something we just need something to do random just to have fun and also somebody with a stable internet connection although the, I finally got myself a PCA card <laughs> I've I've done all my tests and finally got my computer moved to an optimal location I'm moving with router I've changed my channel so far things seem to be working okay so I hope that problem's resolved hey shit if we don't have an echo this time this is like the best episode no, we've no. ever recorded um, and we might even try streaming this live again at some stage <laughs> but Baby steps. Let's let's get episodes without yeah, things breaking steps. down. Yeah. <laughs> we start getting these out on a regular basis again, then we'll jump to the next level. But in the meantime, we've got Haunted mm-hmm. Grove. We'll do live streams randomly, and we'll take it from there. So, I'll send to say, folks, just as usual, keep it creepy, keep it horrific, keep it horrific.